After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Every breath I take, every move I make, I'm breathing you. Every word I say, every single day, I speak of you. You bring me up, you take me down, my heart's awake and I see you now. And through the nights when I'm afraid, I close my eyes and I feel your grace. Every move I make, I'm breathing you. Every word I say, every single day, I speak of you. You bring me up, you take me down, my heart's awake and I see you now. And through the nights when I'm afraid, I close my eyes and I feel your grace. Lift me up. I know you're there to 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 lift me. There to lift me. There to lift me. 
שלא מרגישים, את הלהבה אשר בוערת מבפנים, היא בתוך הנשמה מהירה וחמה. יש אנשים המחפשים את האורות במקומות הרחוקים, את הניצוץ התמידי שבכל יהודי. זה הסוף, מלבדו אין אז ניתן יד תדליק את האש, תגיד לי אם יש, נאיר את הלילה, הלילה כולו. תדליק את האש, תגיד לי אם יש, נשאיר עד הבוקר, הבוקר יעבור. תדליק את J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday morning with the Aish done by Yaakov Shweki here at J.M. and the A.M. Uh, before that, Miami, Never Give Up and Dor Dor. Ari Goldwag with Besimcha. You heard Shoshana, brand new from the Solomon Brothers. Rogers Park, that's new with Ufaratsta from the Petersburg album. Up, latest from Yoni Z. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. 
And we say good morning. JM in the AM. Hello, all. It's Wednesday on this August 22nd, the 11th of L, all the year 5778, but not for long. Brand new year starts a couple of weeks from now. We'll blow show for today. Our Sephardic friends are saying Slichus. We're getting closer and closer to the brand new year of 5779, believe it or not. I know it is hard to believe. Uh, 74 degrees outside with 94% humidity. Winds are southwest at 7 miles an hour. Partly cloudy today, tonight, tomorrow. High today, 85. Tomorrow we uh, stay at about 80. Right now, Yerushalayim's at 81. We're at 74 degrees here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM. By the way, um, a special shout-out to Jonathan Gellis. A special shout-out to the staff at the Teaneck Doghouse. And a special shout-out to the person who... Um, who made the decision to give us some delicious free wings, all because when the Views magazine asked me about my favorite item at the doghouse, I said wings. Am I brilliant or what? <laughs> anyway, so a big thank you and a shout-out to the Teaneck Doghouse from all of us here at JM and the AM. Well, everyone seems to be angry with the President of the United States. My gosh. Certainly the uh, tabloids and morning newspapers, for those of us who still read newspapers, uh, they seem to be angry at the President of the United States. I posted uh, yesterday on Facebook. I think it was yesterday. Let me check. I'll let you know in a moment. Uh, I posted the story from ABC News about the Nazi death camp guard arrested by ICE and deported by Germany. And I said, who's ready to publicly thank the President of the United States, President Trump? And it got a lot of activity on Facebook, a lot of reaction to say the least. Uh, this morning, because of the uh, recent activities involving uh, Paul Manafort and Michael Cohen, uh, the press is uh, not being that friendly to the President of the United States. But I don't know. I still think that uh, that we as a Jewish community and lovers of Israel, or supposed lovers of Israel, uh, continue to have an obligation to, uh, to thank and to really... Um, and to really acknowledge the President uh, as often as we can. Yeah. That's my that's my position on the matter. So we'll continue to do that as we watch the news and see what the general media continues to go crazy about. JM and the AM at 27 minutes before the hour. We have an app. We have an amazing app, an incredible app, and it's had some. Uh, it's had a flurry of activity so far this morning. Music lover wanted to hear Aish by Yaakov Shweki, and uh, sure enough, we were able to uh, fulfill that request. Uh, Danielle wanted to hear Never Give Up. We gave her two songs. We gave her two songs from Miami. Just not not only Never Give Up, but another one as well. So I think we're doing pretty well with those who are interacting with us on the app this morning. That's for sure. <laughs> it's a Wednesday at JM and the AM. Upcoming or coming up at 8 o'clock this morning, we are scheduled to speak with uh, Yosef Murray. At one time, he was known as Calvin Murray. Played in the Rose Bowl. Now he's well-known for uh, being an incredible Orthodox Jew. Uh, his story is pretty remarkable, frankly. Anyway, he is um, he's scheduled to join us. His wife wrote a book. His wife wrote a book called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, written by Amuna Vered Murray. Speak to him at 8 o'clock this morning. At least he's scheduled for 8 o'clock this morning, coming up here at the JM in the AM. All right, 25 minutes before... 7 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. We continue uh, at JM and AM and the Nahum Siegel Network.
יש אנשים שלא מרגישים את הלהבה אשר בוערת מבפנים היא בתוך הנשמה מהירה וחמה יש אנשים המחפשים
family and friends make life real You're the light that always follows me Lifting me up to never give up Shining my way to see you give me
JM in the AM. Great song or what? That is a great song. Yehuda's Nigun, brand new from Yehuda Green's The Shamala album. Shlemy Gertner had You're My Life off of Serenity. Yaakov Shweki with Aish. Hashem Yilachem, it's Avrem Avram Freed. Gershon Varoba had Ani Yisrael. Did we play Aish twice by Yaakov Shweki? Is that possible? Oh, gosh. I can't even, I can't even remember anymore. Shmakalenu from uh, Shalshelis Jr. Um, and it says here we had Aish in there. I don't remember playing it twice. <laughs> Maybe we did. If somebody on the app could tell me, that'd be great. Because I know there's some people on the app who are paying very careful attention to the music this morning. Hey, um, one of our uh, rabbis on the app says, Nahum, back to school at Atlanta Jewish Academy. All right, Atlanta Jewish Academy. Big shout out to everybody down in Georgia in Atlanta. Tell your students, tell your teachers, tell the parents, tell the um, all the faculty members, and of course the principal. To tune in every single day to us on the NSN app, Nahum Single Network app, easiest way to hear us on the way to school at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com on the Nahum Single Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Do we have our news from Israel coming up? Have we set that up yet for today? Oh, sounds like it's there. Uh... Let's see here. I have to get out the announcement for tonight's Hassan and Kala. Wish them a mazel tov, which we will. Amuna Vered Murray's written a book from Rose Bowl to Rashi about her husband, Yosef Murray, who played for Ohio State and the Philadelphia Eagles, his unique journey to Orthodox Judaism. Uh, we will uh, discuss the book with him coming up one hour from now here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to it, that's for sure. Brooklyn Cyclones have announced another kosher night. Got to give you the details on that. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. We say Boker Tov from Jam Dam. שני תושבי עזה הצליחו להיכנס בצהריים לישראל והסגירו עצמם לאחר מכן לידי צהל, כך מדווחים בעזה. שני עזתים נוספים ניסו לחצות את הגבול, אך נבלמו בידי הכוח לשמירת הגבולות של חמאס. התקיים כתבנו לעניינים ערביים, ג'קי חוגי. תגובות במערכת הפוליטית לחשיפה של כתבנו צחי דאבוש, ולפיו שר בכיר בקבינט יצא נגד תוכנית השר בנט למבצע בעזה, והעריך שאם תיושם תוביל לחודשים ארוכים של לחימה עם 500 הרוגים. חבר הכנסת בצלאל סמוטריץ' מהבית היהודי דחה את הביקורת על בנט בשיחה עם יעל דן בעושים צהריים. לעם ישראל מגיעים חברי קבינט קצת יותר אמיתיים שלא הולכים ומפחידים אותנו באמת מחילה שאני אומר בחבורה של ארסים בארגון טרור קיקיוני שיושבת מעבר לגדר והשר צחי הנגבי הסביר מנגד בגלי צה"ל שיש הסכמה רחבה בקבינט על ההתנהלות מול עזה ויתר שרי הקבינט מתנגדים לתוכנית שהציג בנט הסערה סביב העבודות בשבת לבניית גשר מעל נתיבי איילון שר העבודה חיים כץ, שנתן אור ירוק לעבודות מוקדם יותר, מתחייב נתיבי איילון לא ייסגרו במהלך אמצע השבוע. זאת על אף ששר התחבורה ישראל כץ הורה להקפיא את העבודות בשבת. אם צריך לעשות את העבודה, עושים את העבודה. ברגע שהבקשה נמשכה, אני יצאתי מהמשחק. אין לי צורך לאשר או לא לאשר, כי אין בקשה. כל אלה שצועקים, מה עכשיו יסגרו את נתיבי איילון, זה לא הולך לקרות. השר חיים כץ דיבר עם רינו צרור. ראש עיריית תל אביב רון חולדאי הוציא בצהריים 
עם הודעה שבה הוא עומד על כך שלא ניתן יהיה להקים את הגשר בעבודת לילה בימי חול, מפני שהדבר יגרור קטסטרופה תחבורתית כהגדרתו בהשבתת נתיבי איילון ורכבת ישראל. גם יושב ראש המחנה הציוני אבי גבאי תקף. רק ממשלה שלא אכפת לה מהציבור יכולה להיכנע כל כך מהר. לא אכפת להם שנתייבש בפקקים ולא אכפת להם שאנחנו מתייבשים בתורים בחדרי המיון. ממשלה שעסוקה בשרידות שלה ולא מוכנה להילחם עבור החיים שלנו. ומטעם שר התחבורה ישראל כץ נמסר כי השר לא ידע על העבודות המתוכננות בשבת לפני שהוכרזו והגדיר אותן מקוממות ומצערות. שני ישראלים נאשמים בביצוע 17 מקרים של הונאות במטבעות וירטואליים בסכום של כ-175,000 שקלים. כתבתנו מוריה אסרף. על פי כתב האישום, אחד הנאשמים פתח פרופיל מזויף באמצעותו ביקש לרכוש מטבעות וירטואליים לאחר שהוצאו למכירה ברשתות החברתיות. אחרי שהיה מגיע לסיכום על מחיר המטבעות, פנה לנאשם השני שהיה מכין עבורו אסמכתה בנקאית מזויפת, אותה היה מעביר למוכר כאישור על העברת התשלום, ובתמורה היה מקבל את המטבעות שרכש. בית המשפט העריך את מעצר הבית בו שוהים השניים עד תום ההליכים. מזג האוויר בימים הקרובים מגמת התחממות. ואירוויזיון 2019 בישראל, גם השנה, בפעם החמישית ברציפות, תשודר בקשת 12, התוכנית הכוכב הבא לאירוויזיון, ובמסגרתה ייבחר נציג או נציגה לתחרות, שיתוף פעולה עם תאגיד השידור כאן. כתבנו יואב אונגר. לאחר שורת דיונים ממועצת תאגיד השידור הציבורי, אושר כי בחירת הנציג תישאר בידי קשת 12 וטדי הפקות. התאגיד ישדרו תחרות משלהם, שתשלח מתמודד נוסף לגמר הכוכב הבא. לצד תוכנית לבחירת השיר שייצג את ישראל באירוויזיון 2019, שצפוי להתקיים במאי, כאן בארץ. אלה החדשות שערך היום עידו דוד כהן. אז תתממה אין דיון גיודן, זה אין חוסן ונקלה גבודן, זה אין זה עדיין צום רבן, זה אין ברוכס צונמן. ונאותה די ברוכה, הותה רבה זה גגבן. מחליכתי גונברם ארום זיך, ארום זיך ליכתי גונברם, ותראה ושתר ואייך מכן ליכתי, ליכתי גונברם ואייך. מחליכתי גונברם ארום זיך, ארום זיך ליכתי גונברם.
מלכים גדולים, מדינות ענק, אימפריות כה גדולות. כמעט שנעלמו, ואנחנו עוד כאן. כך אלפי שנים, מעטים ורבים, ואין ספר של ניסים. עם ישראל חי, אנחנו עוד כאן. אנחנו עוד כאן. עוד אשר, עוד אלך אבא דואג ואוהב, זה עושה טוב מלא. עוד אשר, עוד אלך אבא מושלם, נאמן כל הזמן. עוד אשר, עוד אלך אבא דואג ואוהב, זה עושה טוב
JM in the AM from the Machar album. You heard both uh, Mordechai Shapiro's Lee and his Nigun Simcha variant to that Nigun Simcha recently. Simcha Liner with Na'avar and Benny Freeman, brand new. Lichtig Unvarum is the name of the single. Brand new Benny Friedman just released this week for you here at JM in the AM. 22 minutes after 7 o'clock on this Wednesday, 22nd of August, the 11th of El Good morning, everybody. Plenty coming up, including our interview with uh, Yosef Murray, who at one time played for Ohio State, who at one time played for the Philadelphia Eagles, and at one point during his and his wife's life, they converted to Orthodox Judaism. He's the subject of her book. We speak with him Coming up, scheduled this morning for 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Keep it right here for that and plenty more at JM in the AM.
Amazing. Dedicating that as we have all week long to our Sephardic friends who are saying Slichas already. We'll do that starting Labor Day weekend, Sunday morning in the um, Ashkenazi community. JM in the AM Wednesday with Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Zechonishmas Rav Zeb and Riosav Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Bas Riosav Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. In the Talmud Bavli we learn, Rav Shimon ben Shatach once saw a person who was pursuing someone else. He ran with a drawn knife in his hand. When the assailant emerged, the knife was dripping with blood and the individual he had pursued was lying dead in his blood. Rabbi Shimon Shetach exclaimed, What a Russia! Who killed this man? It is either you or I. Rabbi Shimon Shetach saw something obvious. There was no question that the Roidev, the pursuer, killed the individual that he was pursuing. But what can I do, said Rabbi Shimon Shetach, since your life is not in my hands, because the Torah says, Al pi shnaim edim, yumas only by two witnesses can someone be killed. He couldn't decide the fate of the man. So he said, Let the one who is Yodea Machshavos, the one that knows all the thoughts of human beings, exact vengeance from this person that killed the man. Before they moved from that place, a serpent came and bit the murderer, and he died. Babasali was the Av in in Morocco, a very wealthy person was bringing a widow to court over a very small sum of money. Babasali listened to both sides, and then Paskin, he decided that the woman would have to pay the amount due to the other person. The woman began to cry that she doesn't have any money. Babasali told her that she has to sell everything in order to pay the debt. The Almona cried bitterly, and the wealthy man raised his head arrogantly because he had triumphed and won the judgment. At that point, Babasali began to cry. The wealthy man said, Kavoda Rav, why are you crying? Babasali said, A Russia like you, you are giving me great sar, great pain. There is no mechila for what you're doing, no forgiveness. The truth is that the woman is obligated to pay you, but it doesn't bother you at all that she has no money. The wealthy man was shocked, and he began to shake. He asked forgiveness from Babasali. Babasali told him to say that you forgive the woman's debt completely, to which the wealthy man immediately did so. Additionally, Babasali said, you have to obligate yourself before the Beisdin, to give this almana a monthly stipend to sustain her. If you'll do so, I will forgive the tsar that you have caused her. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. with Miami, 22 minutes before 8 o'clock. Hello, all. It's Wednesday at J.M. in the A.M. Thanks for joining us. Tell all your friends. Install the NSN app before Labor Day. You don't want to get into the next broadcast season. You don't want your friends to be in the next broadcast season and not be tuning into us every single morning and all through the day. Get them to uh, install it in their phones. We've been at a lot of events recently, and uh, the moment I ask somebody to install it, they are they are so eager, so happy to do so. And uh, we could use your help in spreading the word about how easy and amazing it is to listen to the Nahum Siegel Network. want to remind you, our community calendar online has a bunch of events up there. Go to NahumSiegel.com, click on Community Calendar. The second annual Hask Hockey Classic is up there for the 26th of August. The Jewel Osco event for this Sunday in Evanston, Illinois is up there. The OL presentation by Dr. Hindi Klein on the search for the authentic self for the 28th of August that's there. The wine and cheese tasting that we spoke about yesterday benefiting the Jerusalem Institute for the Blind is up there. Um, Shlomo Katz, his Slichos concert in Efrat, it's up there as well. Why not? Got our Israeli friends focused on the community calendar. Kalbach Shul Slichos with Yehuda Green, that's up there for September the 2nd. That would be accurate, right? Yeah, 12.30 in the morning on September the 2nd. And kosher night with the Brooklyn Cyclones. Do you know about this? Kosher night, $17 for a field box seat, and it includes a kosher hot dog, soft drink, and a free cap. September the 3rd, starting at 4 p.m. as Brooklyn takes on the Staten Island Yankees. Go to brooklyncyclones.com slash tickets, brooklyncyclones.com slash tickets. Use the code kosher meal, kosher meal. That's how you get info on the next kosher night with the Brooklyn Cyclones. JM in the AM Wednesday with Diaspora.
J.M. in the A.M. Ohad with a couple of amazing songs. Shirhar Parnasa off of Echad Yachid. Uh, before that, you heard Sameach off of the Skula album. And um, a Diaspora with Uvoha Ovdim to open up that set here on a Wednesday at J.M. in the A.M. I want to take this opportunity, wish a major mazel tov to the Seidemann and Abraham families. Tonight, Aliza Seidemann. And Arye Abraham, they are getting married in Brooklyn, New York. And it is um, a wonderful pleasure to announce a special mazel tov to our incredible friends, Jane and David Seidemann. David, somebody you've heard on this show God knows how many times over the last 30 years. And uh, to the Seidemann and Abraham Mishpachas, we say mazel tov from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. Uh, big celebration happening in uh, Brooklyn tonight. 
I uh, want to take this opportunity, wish a mazel tov to the Metzger and Packer family, Shlaimi and Chaya getting married this evening down in Lakewood. Um, the Packers, of course, amazing members of the Lower East Side community, Shira and Rabbi Chaim Packer. So to the Packer and Metzger families, we say mazel tov that um, that big event is happening down in Lakewood tonight. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Hey, a reminder about Cholomoid Sukkis. Our friends at Hershey Park are presenting a Hershey Park Sukkot extravaganza Wednesday and Thursday, Cholomoid. Get all the details. They have special hours and special deals. Go to Lancaster Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T, LancasterSukkot.com. Again, LancasterSukkot.com. Well... We are going to speak with somebody who played in the Rose Bowl with Ohio State, played with the Philadelphia Eagles, and now is an Orthodox Jew. Uh, my conversation with Yosef Murray is coming up. You may remember him as Ro- Rose Bowl um, MVP. I think it was the MVP of the Rose Bowl or the MVP of the Ohio State season. I think it was the MVP of the Ohio State season. Anyway, you'll remember him as Calvin Murray from Ohio State and um, – and the Philadelphia Eagles, he and his wife uh, converted to Orthodox Judaism. We will tell you the whole story with him. He's scheduled for 8 o'clock this morning right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to introduce Yosef Murray, who at one time was known as Calvin Murray, uh, to this amazing audience. Uh, I've spoken to him for a total of about 30 seconds in advance of this interview, and had the opportunity to uh, let him know that we share a mutual friend, and that is Rabbi Tzvi Khan, who is uh, noted in the book as a uh, close friend and confidant of the uh, Murray family. Um, so it was it was wonderful in the initial moments of my uh, off-air conversation with Yosef Murray to hear about the uh, the greatness of an old friend. Uh, the great Rabbi Tzvi Khan, who's now down in Florida. The book is entitled From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism, written by Amuna Verid Murray, who is the wife of Yosef Murray. Amuna, originally from Columbus, that's Columbus, Ohio, made Aliyah in uh, August of 2016, lives in Malaya Dumim, where she keeps busy with frequent trips to Jerusalem, as well as exploring the entire country. She's a blogger, transcriber, author, and most of all, passionate and grateful to live in the most precious land. She made six trips to Israel before making Israel her home on the seventh trip. Information about the book, from rosebowltorashi.com, from rosebowltorashi.com. Her husband, who uh, was known as Calvin Murray and now is more commonly known as Yosef Murray, uh, was an incredible uh, football player for Ohio State University and then became an incredible football player in the NFL, including a couple of seasons with his beloved Philadelphia Eagles. After all, he's from southern New Jersey, and you know there are a lot of Philadelphia fans down there. And at some point, the two of them met, and at some point, the two of them decided that they would become Orthodox Jews. Calvin Yosef Murray, welcome to JM in the AM. Welcome back. Thank you. I really appreciate being on your show. I appreciate you being with us. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I got to ask you some of the football stuff first, if you don't mind. Okay. First of oh, all, no, mind. <laughs> first of all, I saw in the book. I mean, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, as a kid, uh, I remember, uh-huh. I remember the legendary Woody Hayes, the coach of of Ohio right. State, and you uh-huh. and you cite the infamous episode that led to his. Um, to hit, led to his firing at Ohio State. Were you there as a player right in the middle of that entire thing? I was right in the middle of it. I was just a matter of five or six feet away from the whole incident, from everything happening. And, you know, I was there right in the middle of the fight and just everything else that went on. I wow. was right there. And that was an era before social media and viral videos were a big deal. And yet you, you recall how the country responded to what had happened. Woody Hayes actually uh, got into a fight with an opposing player when he was coach of Ohio State, and I guess you knew it. Th- I guess you knew at that point there would be some type of transition coming up at the university, huh? Yeah, um, he was under a lot of stress um, that whole season. He wasn't really himself the whole time, and a lot of people don't know that Coach Hayes was also a diabetic, mm. and he didn't take his medicine that morning, so he was really, you know, on a on a high, you, you, when you're a diabetic, you can go high and you can go low. And I just think what, you know, we were used to him tapping us on the pads. Really, basically, where he hit him at was rating the uh, front pads of his, his shoulder pads. And it, 
the, just the swinging of the arm to the pad. The guy didn't even know he hit him. And, you know, he just hit him one time and he let him go. And he just was so frustrated. And it was really a sad thing because all the great things that Coach Hayes did for so many people, I mean, visiting people in the hospitals, you know, not, I mean, he had stacks of checks that he never cashed for public speaking that he would just, he was just that kind of guy. He was mm. always, always on campus. When you sit, he was, he was one of those coaches that, you know, if you went to Ohio state, you would run into him on the oval. I mean, he would be walking across campus. He would walk up to a kid that didn't, you know, wasn't one of his players. And he would say, how are you doing? What are you studying? And he would talk to them. Interesting. I, mean, I ran into, uh, yeah, I ran into so many people, um, who remember having uh, meetings with him. And that's one thing that I think really was really unique and different that he did. He really cared about the people at Ohio State. He cared about us as players. He treated us like we were family. You you um, you write, or more accurately, your wife writes, that when he recruited you, when he, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. When he recruited you, uh, uh-huh. you, you were the only person in, in, in the area that he didn't speak to. He went to all your, exactly. your, your friends and relatives. Right, he my, he talked to my grandmothers. He talked to, you know, cousins, friends, everybody that was associated. And what he was doing, he was saying what he what he looks for is is there discipline in the house, and is the kid loved? Mm. And he knows. He said, if that's in the house, he said I can work with him. Interesting. Yosef Murray with us live via telephone. The um. Uh, your dream was to play for Ohio State, I assume, because your father right. was an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. And then your right. dr- your dream was to play for Philadelphia Eagles, and they they end up right. being the NFL team that drafts you. Before right. before we get into the religious <laughs> overtones <laughs> of all this, that, that must be that must be amazing. Looking back, that those two things, which were your two dreams, and so many great players in this country, never get to the teams that they want to really be on. Must have been amazing right. that both those dreams came true for you. Well, you know, it really is a little uh, story with that. I was with my father in the ninth grade, and my ninth grade coach, uh, Alvin Caldwell, he goes to me, he said, Cal, what are your goals? And I was like, goals? What are goals? You know, and then he explained to me about goals. He said, take your goals that you want to accomplish and write them down. So what I did is I wrote that I want to play for Ohio State, I want to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I want to work with kids. And I wrote that down in the ninth grade. And there was something about writing. There was something that I don't understand. But that kept me focused on who and where I was going. And the opportunities just opened up. The the head coach at Defford High School, when we were playing them in the semis in the playoffs, he actually told Ohio State, told Coach George Trump, who was coming there looking at some kids in Defford, and he said, you got to go down further south. There's a boy down there. We just couldn't stop him. He scored six touchdowns on us. And that's how I got discovered by Ohio State. And as soon as Ohio State came, that was it. Everybody was trying to get me. And I told Notre Dame and everybody, you know, sorry, I'm going to Ohio State. That's one of my dreams. Unbelievable. And you end up playing in a Rose Bowl. And yep. and to this day, you still have the longest touchdown catch in school history, or someone surpassed. Still, well, it somebody did it. They broke it in California, but it's the longest at, for a running back and or anybody in the horseshoe. 
Me, so me, nobody, nobody in the horseshoe has beat it yet. So right, and 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 in, 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 in the horseshoe, you mean the Ohio State home field? Right, right, yeah. Not, ev- not everybody, not that. everybody. In this audience knows what the horseshoe is. <laughs> um, yeah, I got I to remember where I'm, where I'm talking to. <laughs> and uh, and when you say more south, that's because you were in the Cape May area in Jersey, and that explains right. why you were an Eagles fan, I guess. Right, that would explain it. Yes. And you yes. end up being. Actually, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually. Actually, I had a story. Harold Carmichael, my father took me to. I remember Harold Carmichael, great wide receiver. Right. Right. Well, when I was in the ninth grade, again, my father took me to a football camp in Wobble, New Jersey. And I was down there, and Harold Carmichael was one of the players who was part of the camp. And we were doing a bunch of different drills, and Harold walks up to me and says, Young man, you have the ability to make it to the NFL. And I was like, really? And I so, so I believed that. And I so that's when I realized how powerful words are. And and I believed in him. I believed that he said that. And then when I walked into that locker room, how how Carmichael went crazy. He was like, Oh my gosh, I remember you. You made it. Said, you made it yes, here. You made it. Yep. You know, you so, say the power of words, not to bounce around too much here, but uh, right. imagine the lesson. For parents and other role models who are listening to this broadcast, if we, if we, and I can count myself, of course, would only realize mm-hmm. the power of words and how a positive word to a younger person literally can change their lives, literally could seep in, their it, can seep into their head, stay there for a long time, and really boost their confidence. Yes, I, I agree a hundred percent with that, and I, and that's what I do when I'm working with young kids. I let them know that you know I'm very careful with my words. Well, you know, in Judaism, we have to be very careful with what our words. We're told to be very careful with our words. And that's one of the things I really love about the beauty of Judaism is, you know, the power of words. Because, remember, Hashem spoke and everything happened. Right. He didn't physically do it with us. I don't know if, you know, he doesn't have hands. He but just said it. He didn't. He just said it. And so that's why I realized then even more so now the power of of words. Not to compare you to God, but sort of the same thing. You wrote it and it happened. Right. <laughs> you wrote right. it you wrote exactly. it down and committed that it's gonna happen. Uh Yosef Calvin Murray with us uh, via telephone. The book is called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, a unique journey to Orthodox Judaism, written by his wife, Amuna Vered Murray. Can you explain and believe me, we'll get to the Orthodox Judaism uh, track in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just gotta do I, I, I gotta get my sports fix here. Can you explain the difference between the college level and the pro level, could you explain the difference when you're trying to run through a defensive line at Ohio State, and then when you're trying to run through the you know Redskins defensive line in Philadelphia? Well, I tell you, the the, the difference is knowledge. Well, and what I mean by knowledge is the guys there are step faster, or even a couple steps faster. They understand. They know tendencies. They know. They watch at the pro level. They know all your tendencies, your weakness, your strengths, what did you do when when you run this play, type of play. They know you're going to cut back if you're a cutback guy. They know if you're going to step out and go and do this certain thing. So they know more knowledge. Now, the college level is not quite there, but it's really, really fine-tuned when you get to the NFL. Because when I thought that I can just go turn the corner when I got in the um, NFL in the practice, 
and a big old defensive line ran me down and said, hey, buddy, you're not in the Big Ten. This is the NFL now. <laughs> and that's when I realized that I had to pick it up and I had to use the brain that God gave me to help myself to be able to um, um, set people up, give false reads so that they would think that I'm doing something right. and then every, do the opposite. Every rookie has that moment, right? Every rookie has that moment, no, the, the welcome rookie. to the NFL moment. Yes, every everyone does. And mine, my biggest one was um, we were actually, um, I was Coach Vermeil. He told me the reason that he recruited me was because I ran for over 100 yards against UCLA. Right. He said anybody that, that, right, did, that, that. ran for right. 100 yards over UCLA, he has to be a great back. So that's right. why he bought me in. And I just tell you, it just he, he welcomed me to the NFL when I was playing. We were playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and I did a kickoff return. I took it back. I got it on about the goal line, and I took it all the way to their 40. Wow. And Coach Vermeer was the first person to come over top of me and says, welcome to the NFL. And that's when I knew I made the team. Yeah, that's in the positive welcome to the NFL. <laughs> right. So you have the negative welcome to the NFL, you have the positive welcome to the NFL. Now, I'm, I'm just trying to get the years straight. They made the Super Bowl in your era. Didn't the Eagles go to the Super Bowl in 88? No, I, miss, I just missed it. They came off of just losing to Oakland. In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. And then right. you And then you get drafted and start in September with them. Right. Wow, interesting. And the same thing when I went up to uh, Mike Toms that got me to the Bears, the same thing happened there. The Bears in 85 went to the Super Bowl and won, right. and then I came there in 86, and that was the end of my career. So it's interesting. It, early in your life, you know, you write the stuff down, you accomplish exactly mm -hmm. what you want to accomplish, and of course the greatest right. goal in the NFL is to be in and win a Super Bowl, and you just miss on both of those occasions. Right. Any spiritual right. angle to that? Well, you know, I tell you, um, there's so many. I, uh, it's just it's amazing what God does for you in in, in the waiting process. Because I remember when, um, for example, going back to the Bears, I was out for a while. I had played in the USFL for a little bit, and then I was out. And I said, God, I just want to get back in the NFL. And this affects your son because I told your son the same story. And he ended up writing down what he really wanted with God and spoke it to God, and it happened for him. I don't know if he told you the story. He did not tell me that story. Yes, yes. You need to, you need to uh, talk to him about that. I, I even have the text message. It was amazing. I said, be very deep because what I did was I asked God to get back in the NFL. Mike Tomczak gets tells the Bears because we were playing in a charity basketball game. Quarterback, quarterback, Tomczak, quarterback for the Bears. For the Bears, he he gets me an opportunity to get back in the NFL. So I get back in. Three weeks later, I start a Bible study, which I had done all the time right. throughout my career. Doctor Doctor J acknowledged it in Philadelphia. Yep. Yes, Doctor J actually came to my house and studied the Word of God with me. So that's when I realized. You know, as a rookie, how much you can impact if God once is using you, He will use you and show you how. Right. And so, I forgot where I was at. Well, you're we talking about just missing the Super Bowl with any spiritual just implications. Super Bowl. Right. So, what happened was, I was, um, when I, I had asked God after I got let go by the Bears and it didn't work out, and I, no, I got injured and ended my career. And I was like, man. 
I was so frustrated. I was like, what's going on, God? What's going on? Why did you why did you take me away from the dream that you know I really, really wanted? And he said, you didn't ask. And this pressing came upon me. You didn't ask to stay. I just asked to get there, which he granted. He allowed me back in. And then he ended my career completely. And if I had said to him, I want to get back to the NFL and I want to make a career out of it, my words, he honored my words again. Mm -hmm. So he was teaching me a lesson. Whenever you speak to me, Make sure you know what it is that you want to say or right. that I, you really want. I'll help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, but don't always right. think that that the best thing for you is what you wish for. Exactly. Yeah. So I learned a tremendous lesson from that. Calvin, I have a, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say that I, you know, my my wife that uh, that Hashem bought me is she's such a a beautiful woman on the outside, but she's really, really a beautiful woman on the inside. I wonder. Because I I give her so much credit for what she did in writing the book. And, oh, oh, we're going to talk uh, about your wife in a minute. I just got to finish my football questions. I've also discovered uh, here on the air that a former NFL great is giving advice to my son. How do you like that? Calvin Murray <laughs> is with us live via telephone. The book is called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism, written by his wife, Amuna Verid Murray. Last football thing, because I'm just curious. Arch, okay. You played with Arch Schleister. Right. And, well, Art was behind me a year, yes. And we know that he's had, you know, he's had a difficult life. I'm just curious if you were ever in touch with him after your college days. You know, in reality, um, yes, I tried to. Uh, matter of fact, when I was there, I was voted a captain my senior year. And so it, I was seeing the path that he was heading. And so I got the captains together, and we had a meeting, and then we went and tried to get him the help. And you, you know that only the way somebody can get help is they have to want to help. Right. And he didn't want it. And I said, well, you know, yeah. he went the path that he chose. And, you know, it's a shame that he was very, very talented. He's one of the most talented persons, uh, athletes that I ever played around. I mean, he could throw the ball with his left hand 70 yards accurate as well as with his right. Amazing. And it, it, it was amazing. He had amazing ability. He was smart. He was strong. And he just couldn't stop gambling. And it, it just got a hold of him, and it just destroyed him, and it destroyed a lot of other people that he uh, affected. Yeah, no question about that. Um, sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes, I think we might be able to say the majority of the time, people, and certainly athletes, don't realize mm -hmm. the gift that God has given them. Don't realize. I, I agree. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And it, and a lot of them don't realize that it came from him to use to glorify him, and, not and to glorify and, themselves, and, and to help themselves and others. Right. Exactly. It's not about them. Wow. Uh, whose journey to Orthodox Judaism is more? Interesting. Yours or your wife's? I would, I, you know what, that one there, I'm going to have to say my wife. My wife was, when she first went to Israel, she came back, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm one second, so you, you were married and, and you were uh, you know, with a religious home. I mean, it, mm -hmm. no secret, you yeah, guys we were, were, pastors. You were practicing yeah, was, churchgoers we were, with, your, with your kids. Right. 
and right, and right. until she went to Israel, there was no notion of of exploring Judaism. Oh yeah, we we started um, we started ten years out. We started with Christmas, and we broke that down because we had somebody to come to us, and you know the origins of how Christmas started. And right. We were like, no. So we started researching, and once we started seeing that, we stopped doing it. And then we got into the Messianic movement, which introduced us to Judaism and introduced us to the prayers and introduced us to, but they still were using Jesus. So we weren't happy with that. And then we went to a lot of conferences, and, and we just and we were actually told to stay away from Rabbi Tuvia Singer, right. who we met, and I just finally met him when I was in Jerusalem this past year, and that's the that was it. I mean, my wife got it before I did. Um, she was studying it, and I started like, man, you know, I'm not giving up. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. How old was and your then, oldest child at this point? Our oldest child was uh, he was in college. It was our two youngest kids that were still, they were in high school as we were getting it, because our daughter was just graduating high school when we finally um, finished our conversion process. What, what, what do you have, a total of six children? Yeah, we have six children. We have five boys and a girl, and our oldest boy played in the NFL. Right. Him and Ben, Ro- him and ben Rosenberger played together um, and, in, high, in college. And my question is, are, 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 mm-hmm. all, are all of them are bored? Do, do we consider all your family members Orthodox Jews at this point? Just you and your wife? No, What's the story? Just my wife and I. And are, they, and, I. and are the kids cool with the whole thing? Well, some are, some aren't. Right. You know, it's just uh, because, you know, you, when you've been told one thing for all your life, and then all of a sudden you make a, <laughs> a complete, complete turn, right. it rocked their boat. And... You know, so the, uh, some of them, the jury's still out. Some of them are still watching, seeing what's going on. Are you really serious? But we also we also have a Jewish grandson. So, you know, one of our sons um, actually ended up marrying when he was in the military, what, a Jewish girl, and they um, had a son, and his name is Yehuda Mordecai. So them and our other two grandkids are Elijah and Eliana. So... <laughs> Life is I mean, funny, huh? It is funny. <laughs> now, <laughs> now your wife, you, we we get so we sort of get your background in terms of the church right. going family, uh, well disciplined, right. right. athletic, the whole thing, and the prayer right. groups, and we get a perspective of what you were doing uh, in your younger years. Y- your wife is from a similar type of religious background. How would you describe her? No. Her roots? No, she was from none. She had to. She searched on her own. She would. She was going to church with other people and her community will come and pick her up. She didn't have the same religious uh, background that I had. So, I had a very, very strong religious background. So what got her into she, into questioning about Judaism, or, or did she have the same questions that you described earlier? She did. Um, when we came together, both of us had no idea that we were even going to go that path. We were just uh, wanted to raise our kids, knowing that there's a God, and that God controls everything, and had that wonderful relationship with him. And so we were more focused on that. And that's where we wanted to be. And it's just, she didn't, I, I, I don't know how, it was just must have been meant to be for her to and I to meet because 
I don't know how she managed to keep herself, you know, that way. You know, just she kept searching for God. She was searching for God all all her life. And now she found him. Unbelievable. And you and you both started on these serious routes yep. to Orthodox yep. Judaism when? Not what not when was the actual conversion, but when would you say the serious study to make this move started? How long ago? I would say about ten years ago. And the official conversion was when? Five years ago. Unbelievable. And and at that time you decided to live in Israel, visit often, you live here. What's the story? We live part-time. Like, I'm just getting ready to do Aliyah. She already did Aliyah. Um, we're living part-time because we want to keep the relationship with our children right. and and our grandchildren because that's very important. We don't want to abandon our role as, because we came Orthodox Jews, to abandon our role as the parents of the kids. We want them to know we still love them. We still love them the same. We're the same people that, you know, and everything. So we want to keep that door open. And we told all the kids we would bring them to Israel. So our two children that we had together, because she had two boys, I had two boys, we came together, and then we had a boy and a girl. Our two children we had together have already been to Israel. And it's just they have been really touched by what's going on in Israel, and they really loved Israel. Unbelievable! You know, one of the things, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, one of the things that that we, as those who have been quote unquote from from birth, always right. always wonder about, um, is you know, what if life would have been different? What if our parents were not Orthodox? What if we were from non-Jewish homes? You know, how different right. would our lives right. be? Because obviously, a hundred percent of our lives are guided by. Uh, Jewish law. I mean, I don't have to tell you right. that. You know, you know how it right. works. Right. At this point, you know yeah. how it works, right? <laughs> so, right. right. So, when, when someone acts surprised, and not acts, but when someone you know re- reacts in a surprising fashion, that you would want to leave the secular world. Let's call it. I know you had a religious affiliation, but let's just call that for a moment as it relates to Judaism, the secular world, and 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 make this commitment. This commitment to the six hundred and thirteen commandments. Do you do you do you understand that sometimes people are are taken aback by one who decides yeah. to do that? Oh yeah, they 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 really don't know how to act. Um, they really don't know how to act. And if and, and if someone would say to you, "Isn't life a lot easier?" When you don't oh, have yeah. when, when you don't have the one seventh of the week restrictions, when you don't have ca- oh kosherous laws, <laughs> and you don't oh. and you don't have family purity, um, um, right. a technical aspect. I mean, wouldn't right. wouldn't one conclude that that it might be easier to stay in the oh. in the prior lifestyle? Right. That's what people were like. Why? Why did you do that? Why are you going there? Why? Why are you? Why are you giving up that? And people, people are asking us, why did you become Orthodox Jew? You, you, you okay? Why you just be a righteous Gentile? And uh, my soul would not have been happy. My soul would not have been happy. My soul had to come all the way home. It had to come to who it, where its destiny was. Because, because your soul was at Sinai. Right. And your wife's soul was at Sinai with us. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we just woke up, you know, we, I, 
for you know, I had a conversation with my mother before she passed away. And my mom said she saw this. When I was born, I'm the oldest. She said, you had this glow on you. I didn't understand what it was. So before I actually made the final commitment to be an Orthodox Jew, Hashem used my mother to come to me in a dream. That's why I chose the name Yosef, because I had always had, Hashem always spoke to me in dreams throughout before I became an Orthodox Jew. He used my mother's voice and says, I remember when I remember the conversation, she said, I know what that light was that I saw on you. You have a Jewish neshama. Go on and finish your journey. My mother knew nothing about Jewish neshama. And I just went from that. When I heard that, I said, okay, that's mom. Let me go on and finish and do it. And ever since I made that commitment, my soul has been just joyous. That's how I got to meet your son. It was just one of the, he was one of the miracles that was happening to me while I was in Israel. It was just one right after another. And we connected so well over there. And he's, he's got a great son. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Yes, you have a great son. You know, some, and, uh, you, you titled, or I should say your wife total, titled the book From Rose Bowl to Rashi. Right. I, I was thinking maybe, you know, from Touchdown to Torah. You know, how, does, right. how does Rashi make it? How does Rashi get the spotlight on this one? <laughs> well, well, what happened was we were at a friend's house in New Albany, and the lady goes, you know what? You need to write a book. And we go, everybody kept telling us, write a book, write a book. And she so she said, "Here, there's a title. Wrote from Rose Bowl to Rashi, and it's stuck." And we said, "Oh, we like that. <laughs> That's great." You do write in the book about how much you appreciate Rashi's commentary on the Torah. Oh yes, oh yes, we did. It's very, very helpful for us. You know, I think a lot of times the you know one of the things that my wife and I really want to do for the Jewish community is be an inspiration to let them know they have. They have it. They have the Torah. The world is crying for the Torah and to be excited about what they have so that they can give it to the world and to be that light in the nation so that the nation will see that Israel is the, the promise, the chosen ones. Wow. Calvin Murray's with us. His wife, Amuna Vered Murray, wrote the book From Rose Bowl to Rashi. Check it out, everybody. It's on the web. From a Rose Bowl to Rashi.com. Also, there's a uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash from Rose Bowl to Rashi. Do you meet Philadelphia Eagle fans in Israel? Oh, yeah. They must have been happy. They must have been happy this past season. Oh, they were very happy. Very happy. For those of you who don't know, the Eagles won the most recent Super Bowl. And uh, and what's life like in general in Malay Adumim? I mean, do you do you quote unquote fit in? Do you feel part of the community? Are you oh, would I yes. walk would I walk in Shabbos morning and you're davening the same as everybody else? Yep. Simple as that, huh? Simple as that. And the best part about yep. being an Orthodox Jew is, give me one, give me one thing that that I should really start to appreciate because I take it all for granted since I was born with it. What's one thing I should not take for granted in Jude in Orthodox Judaism? That you that you find to be so wonderful. That personal relationship with the Creator. That personal relationship, that one-on-one that you have, that we can talk to Hashem and He will hear 
and he will honor and he will support us and love on us and meet our cries and our that he will be there and he's there for you and he's ready to help you. You know, um, according to Mishnaic tradition, at this point, I might have to call you Rebbe, Yosef. <laughs> oh, boy. Does the name John Frank mean anything to you? Yeah, we were teammates. Is it true that he is now an Orthodox Jew, or you don't know? That's right. He yes, is. He is. He's yeah. an or- he played for Ohio State. I, be- right. I believe he also played for the NFL. Am I right? Did he play in the NFL? Right, right. And he's also now an Orthodox Jew. What what's going on there at Ohio State? Are the Schottensteins having some influence over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's it's it's really amazing. John Frank and I are really close, and we keep in touch, and we help and support each other. And he actually, if I'm not mistaken, won a Super Bowl. Yes, he did at the, with the Forty ers Unbelievable. So the, the 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 percentage of Orthodox Jews to Jews in football is probably the largest of any sport. <laughs> as we as, as we continue to meet more and more Orthodox former NFL players, it's just unbelievable right. the whole thing. And 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 the the and and I wonder if one could even argue that because of the intensity and the physical prowess that one needs to play that sport. That in right. fact, that in fact, the regimen of Orthodox Judaism might appeal to those who are, you know, most physically involved in their sport. Do you think there's something to that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you think about it. There's 13 owners right now. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And the, and the last, in the last several Super Bowls, have been won by Jewish owners. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. But I think, yeah. but I think you, to my point, I think you allude to it in the book. That the whole uh-huh. that the whole physical nature and the incredible discipline one needs to pursue yep. the sport to you and I, I think you wrote this I, I read it a, you know a while ago but I think your wife wrote this that you would say it, it has a relationship with the discipline oh, yeah. that, with the discipline that we go through with or, as Orthodox Jews oh yeah repeat like for example we would do a play we run that play over a thousand times till it's a part of it how many times have we we do Shakrit Minka Amaria right. Three times a day, yeah. So to the point where you can, you literally know it by heart, and and it becomes, it starts becoming you, defining you. The words start defining and changing and help you. It's the same thing in the athletic world. That's the way they want you to be. So when you're standing up there, you're getting ready to do a play. You already know what to do. Interesting comparison, I'll tell you. Does your wife uh, go on the lecture circuit about the book? Yeah. People can invite her to the uh, to her to uh, their community and have her uh, Yep. Mm-hmm. Have her explain all this? Yep. She doesn't like doing it, but she'll do it. Amazing. The book is written by Amuna Vered Murray. The book is entitled From Rose Bowl to Rashi: A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism. It is a book about the journey of two people together, Amuna Murray and Yosef Murray. Yosef, at one time known as Calvin Murray of the Ohio State University Buckeyes and the Philadelphia Eagles. We started this conversation. You said that um, the difference between the levels, college and the pros, is the knowledge, is the smarts. Right. So if we do see a great one at their position, as skilled as they are, 
we have to keep in mind that they have something up there that is simply superior to the other players on the field. Right. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Never thought of it like that. So if Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever, it might be that he's the smartest quarterback ever. Right. Pretty cool. Hey, are you surprised about the lack of uh, star running backs in the NFL right now? How that position has been depleted somewhat? No. I saw the change coming. Really? Yeah. Because my kids find it hard to believe that I speak of an era where the running back was the key to the entire offense. Right. Not like that anymore. No. Uh Uh-uh. Nope, it's not. It's it's a different era. Um, It's a different way. I would have fit the era that they're playing now would have fit me better because I was more of a of a wide receiver running back. Very cool. Where are you going to be spending Rosh Hashanah? Uh, actually, I'm spending it here in Columbus. But who's the rabbi there now that you're close? Who's the rabbi now in Columbus that you're closest with? Rabbi Apple. Okay. Or I have to run. Um, they're calling me for yep. work. Yosef, so. I can't thank you enough. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. From Rose Bowl to Rashi, a unique journey to Orthodox Judaism. Amuna Vered Murray about her journey and uh, the journey of her husband. Our guest this morning, Calvin Yosef Murray, on a very interesting Wednesday morning at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with Derech Achim. That's OG Shama here at JM in the AM. 14 minutes before 9 o'clock. Full schedule. We got um, we got um, uh, Bite Size with Yoni Pollock coming up. An encore presentation, I believe. Give me a second. I'll let you know. Um, let's see. Bite Size with Yoni Pollock. A, an encore presentation. Live lunch with Avrami happens at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in, of course. Um, by the way, I want to thank Yoshua Siegel. He was the Siegel son that was alluded to by uh, Calvin Murray, who helped us uh, set up this morning's interview. So a big, big thank you to Yoshua Siegel. Uh, I'm trying to find our list. Here we go. Uh, Myla Cohen, <clears throat> Myla Cohen before that with uh, Vina Hapohu. And uh, you heard Levy Cohen in there with the uh, Matana, Matana Tova here at JM in the AM. All right. So you have the uh, list for today uh, in terms of what's happening, what to expect here on the Nahum Siegel Network beginning at 9 a.m. Again, don't forget Avrami's going to be live between 11 and 1. So you'll have an opportunity to uh, hear the live lunch, etc. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app, especially about the uh, Yosef Murray interview. It certainly was fascinating, that's for sure. Very, very fascinating. JM in the AM, we continue with plenty more from uh, Kaveret Ba Park. It's Poogie with this selection on a Wednesday at JM in the AM.
Kaverit Park. it's Poogie with Yo-Ya here at JMDM. Five minutes before nine o'clock as we get set to wind down a uh, Wednesday morning edition of this great radio broadcast. Again, want to wish a mazel tov to the Metzger and Packer family. Shlaimi and Chaya getting married tonight to Shira and Rabbi Mrs. Chaim Packer. And of course, all the grandparents, a very, very special mazel tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. And tonight... Looking forward to the uh, Seidemann Abraham wedding. Jane and David Seidemann, Mr. and Mrs. Yaakov Abraham, Azaltov to you. Aliza and Aryeh getting married tonight in Brooklyn, New York. Major Mazaltov, as we say, from all of us here at JM in the AM. Wrapping things up with Yaakov Shweki on a Wednesday at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and, of course, the beloved NSN app. 
Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMN. My thanks to Yosef Murray. The book is called From Rose Bowl to Rashi. Check it out. Tomorrow morning we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Yoni Pollock with an encore edition of Bite Size is next. Avrami's live at 11 a.m. Eastern time at the live lunch. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Well, tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. Yeah.